Hey, Kanan, let me uh, buy you for a second. Yeah, let me take some of this stuff away here. So um, there was a young man at the home going. We did a home going this week for uh, your good friend, James Hall. Man. And, um, actually, this message today really encouraged me in an, in an aftermath of that. But you get opportunity at home goings to uh, minister to people. I mean, uh, it's like a unique group of people that comes to funerals that you don't, and, and it's a unfortunate situation at times. And when I say at times, because sometimes, you know, people, they've, they've lived a long life and it's just time they, they're making a transition, you know. But sometimes, like James is 35 years old. And the crazy thing is, I mean, I'm, I text him right before I went to do a Facebook Live and I looked at the timestamp. When I text him, it was about the time he passed away. Uh, and it just really affected me. And, um, but yet, uh, that particular funeral was unique because we had, he was a big gamer, as you know. Pokemon, yeah, yeah, man. And so, I preached the gospel, <laughs> okay. A young man, 17 years old, came up to me. And, because uh, I, I said, like, after, after the home going, if you want to come, if you got any questions about what I shared, whatever, uh, you want to say something, just, just come on up to me, pull me aside. A young man came up to me. He said, so you mean if I, uh, if I accept Jesus, then, then my sins, uh, uh, I'm forgiven of all my sins? I said, yep. He said, thank you. Walked away. Now sharing that with Trey. I mean, that's the worth. That, that I mean, that's worth the whole the, the whole thing, man. That that made my day when he said that. Yeah. And I shared it with uh, Trace. Trace was in tears. Yeah. So awesome. I mean, it, it, God doesn't cause the tragedy. Right, right. But in the midst of it, He heals. Mm -hmm. um, I think of. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I, just, I saw this when you were talking. Oh, go one ahead. of his family members. Uh, grab a mic so benefit of anybody could be watching on. Oh, you got one in your pocket. Um, man, this man is ready. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, one of his family members came and she was angry at God. And she was like, you know, you know this, you know, not, not my little brother. You know, because James was the youngest uh, of, of, I think, six or seven. Everybody else was like, it was a huge age gap. It was him, and then they were probably like 10, maybe 15 years older. But um, two things. I just thought about this, too. His oldest, I talked to his oldest sister, and she mentioned, Pastor, that there was a moment where she was about to die. I don't know when. But, and this is comfort to anybody who's had a loved one pass away. She took me aside when we were at the um, repast, and she was like, you know, when pastor was talking about absent with the body is be present with the Lord, she was like, I was at that point. 
And she said, and it, it, it set me, and I knew this, but it was wow, this confirmation. She was like, the passing of a person is as gentle as taking a breath, and you're there. That's it. Yes. Yes, that's awesome. And I was like, oh, my God. That's so, right. um, that and then his, his other sister, she said, she, she was upset. And then, you know, we, we started ministering, I can only imagine. Mm. And she said, all of a sudden, she was standing up. She didn't even know it was her. But she said it was a release. Like, all the anger and the frustration and rage was gone. And God was like, grace. Mm. James is fine. Yes. He don't want to come back. Yeah. You know, he, he's good. Yeah, yeah. And, and she was just set at ease. So if you lost anybody, know, even if it seems like they were in pain when they left, when they leave, when that separation happens, and they're there, no pain, no agony, just as gentle as taking a breath. Because that's how God is, man. As gentle as he breathed the breath into us is the same way it leaves. That's why they call him, there's a word called Yahshua. And as the, it's like a breath, Yahshua. He breathed into us. So the same way that breath goes back to where it came from. Back to the mouth of the Lord, man. He's with, you know, they're good. So. Thank you. Amen. That's good. That's you. You just you just set me up. Some stuff we're gonna get into. Amen. That don't look like what I'm supposed to see up there. Got the wrong. Got. No, I need to see another S. Okay. See. Okay. Oh, while I'm sorting this out. Got a new set of books, gospel sketch notes. Get your copy, full color, good stuff. Hold down your enthusiasm, <laughs> but get this. It's a, it's a wonderful book. It'll, it'll help to give, give you like a, a synopsis, I mean a little quick view. You can look at it, you can grasp. Um, you can grasp what's um, the concept or you can grasp the main points and ideas of, of the message, okay? All righty, all righty, all righty, all righty. So um, I encourage you to, to share, share the word with people. You can do it right now. If you have Facebook, you can, you know where our, you can just go to our Summit Church page and you can, send this out to people praise God hallelujah and let us let them know they can join in right now online it's a it's it's a really a good way to share the gospel with people want to welcome Indianapolis and y'all can do the same thing right talk to y'all too talking to y'all at home praise God and uh, if you're in the the viewing area come on out and uh, watch it live. Don't be so comfortable that you just watch it at home. There's something about being uh, up in the house. 
Amen. So we're going to jump right in. We're going to get into the letter to the second church, which was 35 miles up the road uh, from Ephesus. And as we shared in the beginning, it, it went from the closest city to where John was at the, in the Isle of Patmos to Ephesus, and then went from Ephesus, then the next one is Smyrna, and it went, went kind of up like around like that. So, um, so it went from the closest city to, to the furthest city away. All right, but first we're going to um, conclude. There's still some meat left on that bone of uh, Ephesus. Okay, to him who overcomes, we're going to dive right into it. Y'all ready? To him who overcomes, I will give to eat from the tree of life. We're going to deal with that, that tree of life and then give kind of a summary of the message to the uh, Ephesian church. And then what is the takeaway for us? Okay. Y'all getting something out of this? Okay. To him who overcomes, I will give to eat from the what? The tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Okay, so what is the, the, the tree of life? Now, it's interesting that who Paul is ministering to are, are Greeks, okay? And uh, these Greeks, they didn't really have a reference point. They don't really know their the old covenant. They don't really know anything about the, uh, the tree that was in the garden, okay? They don't know anything about that. So it, it, it's wonderful how God will, will give us things to give us to, to show us the truth. He'll, he'll use things that we can relate to. And, and in their case, what they knew about was this, um, there was an ancient tree shrine. And the temple of Artemis. Now, Artemis is also referred to as Diana, and w which was the, the primary Greek goddess that, that, they w that these pagans worship. Now, these aren't, these aren't Jews. These are, these are Greeks primarily in, Eph in Ephesus, okay? And so the, the temple, they had this temple of Artemis, this Greek goddess, and it just so happened to be built on the site of an ancient tree shrine. Everybody say tree shrine. Tree shrine. Okay, so, and this shrine had, was like all around the shrine, 200 yards out, and then all around it was a wall. Okay, and so within this wall, is where people would come, the, the people that were seeking refuge from prosecution would come inside these walls, you know, as a place of refuge, as a, as a place of salvation. But, now hold on, now listen, listen to me carefully. Now, in reality, what it was, it was a slum for criminals and gangsters and thugs. <laughs> And they, and they would go there as a place of, of refuge. And if you look at, in the book of Acts, you can see how, how Paul had built a ministry there so, so that it was among those dregs of society, among those, those criminals and low lives, okay, 
it was right there among them that Paul's gospel took root and reaped a harvest of righteousness. Isn't that awesome? So, so the, the takeaway is on the site of, of that sacred tree grew a new tree, the tree of life. So in the, in the midst of, of that ancient tree, a new tree, the tree of life flourished and grew. <laughs> Praise God. Right on that very site. Amen. And Paul, see, Paul, Paul's gospel flourished in that area. And you can see that in the book of Acts. All right. So, now, so, so what, is, what, is, what is the tree of life then? Very simple. Now, if you go to your notes, there's a whole, there's a ton of notes, and I'm sure we won't get to them. It'll be a miracle if we get to all of them today. But on the app, you can go to the Summer Church, go to your app store, get the Summer Church app, and you can go to the um, Sunday morning and get the message notes. And it's got some fill in the blanks, so that'll keep you engaged, okay? <laughs> so, you, so you can uh, hang in there with us because there's a lot of information in Revelation. Now, these are, as I said, now some of the things that I'm sharing today, hang on, because um, it may not sound like good news, but it's good news. Now, there's some, in, in this, this church, there are people who died here in, in Smyrna, okay? But as... Man, everything's kind of leading up to this. this. This message so encouraged me right in the aftermath of a friend, church member, James Hall, member here at this summer campus, passed away. And uh, it really ministered to me as I'm studying this. I was like, wow, this is so on point. And I'll and I tell you something that happened just supernatural. I've had some super little things that supernatural that, that God would just wink at you. And don't. I look at it as God winking at, at you, just telling him, just assuring, reassuring his love for us. And pay attention to those things and say, thank you, Jesus. Because uh, James was, was my programmer, and uh, he was helping me with a client of a business that I have, and, and, and he, he had, um, now I, I had this problem before, I ha actually, uh, we had a meeting to clean up some things, and he's going to finalize some work that I'm doing for a particular client. So then um, one of those things that he, that he had to do was, was for Carla. And I had this problem before, and um, I don't even know how to explain it. I, I was going to have, I was like, how am I going to explain this to another programmer? Because... I don't totally understand it myself, but her website was broken. That's just a simple way to say it, okay, without me trying to explain it again. But so it was broken, and James, it, it, it had been broken before, and he had fixed it. And I didn't know what to do to, to fix it. And, and um, he, one time when we met, he showed me... Uh, because James, sometimes he'll say, well, Pastor, all you got to do is this. And he goes into this coding language and say, man, look. And, a lot of, and, and what I do sometimes is I say, okay, let's, let's record this, right? And I did this on this occasion uh, one time when, because this, this can happen every so often. So I said, let me record you doing this and fixing this so I can do it next time. And I can follow some steps. So if you give me some steps, I can follow them. 
And it wasn't programming involved. It was just, just going through it and doing some stuff. So step by step. And so he did it, but I couldn't find it. And I needed this issue done, and it was one of the things that we were going to do when we met. He was going to sort it out for me because I told him, I said, James, man, I can't, I can't find that training video you did for me. And so he was going to take care of it. But he passed away. I mean, I texted him the day he passed away to see if he could meet that night. So the day of the homegoing, now he had fixed this problem before, and it's just I had no clue about how to fix it. So the day of the homegoing, going, I said, okay, I got a little time. Let me just try to write this little explanation to send to somebody, to, to another programmer that I know on the other part of the world that's done some stuff for me. I said, let me see if I can explain it to him. So I'm, I'm about to go in here, and I go to the website, uh, to Carla's website, and all of a sudden it's fixed. This thing doesn't fix itself. Kind of reminded me of the fire we had in our house, and everybody was baffled. All the contractors were baffled when they looked at they looked at that hole up in my ceiling. And one guy said, "I got him on tape saying it." He said, "It's it's amazing that the fire extinguished itself. Fires don't extinguish themselves." So it's like it took care of itself. <clears throat> and so, man, that was just God winking at me. He took care of that thing for me. As far as James, he's all right. And um, in 1 Corinthians 15, 22, it says, In Adam all die, in Christ all shall be made alive. So in Christ, you're made alive. You can't die, really. And we can face life fearless. Because to be absent is to be present. You won't even know you died. All of a sudden, you with Jesus. Well, I'm here. Oh, I died? <laughs> Amen. Praise God. So, Jesus is the tree of life who sustains those who feed on him. <laughs> He's the tree of life. Amen. You've been born again? You've eaten of the tree of life. That, that's the next point. Who eats of the tree of life? The believer. Those who wash their robes in the blood of the lamb have the right to eat of the tree of life. You can jot down Revelation twenty-two fourteen. 14. So, when Jesus tells us, to, the, the scripture that we looked at over there, were verse 7, to, he, to him who overcomes, I will give to eat from the tree of life. Now, we dealt with that, who an overcomer is, and that's you, and you overcome because Jesus made you an overcomer. He is the overcomer. See, in this world, you'll have tribulation. We'll talk about tribulation later. But be of good cheer. Say good cheer. good cheer. I have overcome the world. Jesus is the one overcome, who overcame. We are more than conquerors because he won the victory. 
So some people look at this, oh, well, you got to make sure you're an overcomer. If you're, if you're going to, if, if you're going to eat from the tree of life, and these are the things that you need to do. No, 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 no. This is not an admissions test. <laughs> what this is, he's giving them a wonderful affirmation of their pos position in Christ as an overcomer. This is your position. It, it, you are an overcomer. Thank you, Jesus. Say, I am an overcomer. Okay, so, so where, where's the paradise of God? Wherever Jesus is. See, Jesus, Jesus is, he, he's the one, th th these are letters from Jesus. These are the words of Jesus, and Jesus is talking about himself here. Okay, he's our refuge. He's our hiding place. He's our fortress, the fortress of our salvation. He's our resting place. Amen. He's the secret place, the secret place of the Most High. All right, so let's, let's conclude this. We want to get into the uh, Smyrna. So to recap, what was Christ's message for the Ephesians? Now, I, I encourage you, if you haven't watched these messages or listened to them, go back and listen to them. They're all over the place. On the Summit Church Facebook page, they're on the app. Okay, free. Just go and get and get through this because this this is going to help you it's going to encourage you these are these are love letters they are good news okay so the message to the ephesian church i've seen how hard you guys are working and you don't put up with bad teachers but you're so busy you don't have time for me i offer you rest but you prefer labor now this this is this is good for anybody who's who who working and working and working and working and working and working in church, and they're so tired. I mentioned that song people sing. I was thinking about this while I was riding my bike the other day. Uh, that uh, song by the Mississippi Mass Choir. I'm not tired yet. I'm not tired yet. I'm not. I'm, I'm thinking about if you interview all those people in that choir. What are they doing through the week that's making them tired for the Lord? Now, some people, they are actually, you know, going to, work, going to church seven days a week. And, I mean, working their tail off, like the Ephesians. But some folks, they're just watching TV. And they're getting up on Sunday talking about they ain't tired yet. I mean, see, that's religion. There's even a song I heard, I couldn't even believe it. They said, I've shed my blood. Like, well, what blood have you shed? What? blood have you shed and it's, it's and it's amazing because it's a beautiful song they got some good word in there but it's mixed <clears throat> that's a, a, a issue with some songs you said oh, man they're wonderful it's just like man if we could take a couple of them lines out <laughs> amen we do sometimes amen because there's some good messages in it and so anyway so okay so You've put yourself under all this pressure. We're talking about this message for the, for the church of Ephesus. You put yourself under all this pressure, and you've forgotten 
how much I love and desire your company. See, they left their first love. The first love was not their love for God. Was They left his love for them. He said, see, oh, see, this is not good. You're headed for burnout. You're falling apart. So turn around, go back to the beginning when everything was simple, just you and me enjoying each other's company, man. Good times. Huh? Let's do that again. I, I, I am the tree of life. Allow me to nourish and sustain you. Make my love your resting place. Boy, that's a good word, isn't it? So what's Christ's what's Christ message for us? Make yourself at home in the love of God. See, nothing can separate you from the love of God. Make yourself at home in his love and never leave. Huh? If you find yourself outside of the sunshine in his love, off into the shade, don't condemn yourself. Just get back under the sunshine. Thank you, Lord. If you're worn out from doing the Lord's work, you can probably relate to these Ephesians. They were a hard-working bunch of believers, but they were dying on the inside. They were busy building, but their labor was in vain. Why do believers push themselves past breaking point? Well, it can happen easily because when you forget how much he loves you. See, sometimes we think we have to, to prove ourselves or come up with the goods. We got to do this stuff to get the Lord to accept us and be pleased with us, okay? But none of this pressure that you put on yourself, it's, it's not from the Lord. You put it on yourself. We were made, listen to this, you were made to receive your Father's love. You were created to receive the Father's love. Lose sight of your Father's love for you and you'll lose your way. You'll fall from the secure place of grace into the realm of dead works. You'll become restless, insecure, and empty on the inside and you'll try to replace his love for lesser things. If the, listen, if the Ephesians can leave the love of God, so can you. But the good news is those who wander can find their way back home. If you lost your first love, Jesus shows us the way back. He said, remember, repent, which means what? Change your thinking and do what you did at first. Go back to your first love when Jesus was your everything. Make every effort to enter his rest and let nothing move you. Oh, thank you, Jesus. And I pray, Paul prayed for the church at Ephesus, and I pray that Christ will make his home in your hearts through faith I pray that you may have your roots. Watch this. This is from the Good News Bible. I pray that you may have your what? Y'all not sleep on me, are you? May have your what? Roots. 
I'm going to turn the air on high. <laughs> I want to see some icicles coming down off your ear. I pray that you may have root. You know how you get a little warm. Huh? Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to keep you out here a while, so let's, somebody go get a bucket of chicken or something. We didn't even want a bucket on I pray that you, you may have your roots and foundation in love so that you, what happens when you have your roots? We talked about being grounded in God's love. So that you, together with all God's people, may have the power to understand how broad and long, how high and, and deep is Christ's love. Yes, may you come to know his love, although it can never be fully known. And and so be completely filled with the very nature of God. See, how, how is that? Because God is love. He has faith. He has power. But he's not power. He's not faith. He has those things. He is love. It's his very nature. And so when, when man, when you know it's love, you have his nature. So you can be completely filled with the very nature of God. All right? Okay. Every head, every eye quote. I'm just playing. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to let you off that easy. <laughs> I just want to see if you weigh everybody. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, Pastor. Cool. No, no. We're going to get into some stuff here. All right. Revelation 2.8, and, and to the angel of the church in Smyrna, right, these things says the first and the last. Man, I love it. He's the Alpha and Omega, who, who was dead, I underscore that, was dead, came to life. Thank you. He was more than raised. Because if you can raise people from the dead, but they're going to die again. Jesus, Jesus was resurrected. When you resurrected, you die no more. I, I know your works, tribulation, and poverty, but you are rich. And I know the blasphemy of those who say they are Jews and are not. Wow, this is heavy but are a synagogue of Satan. Whew. Heavy, heavy hangs over your head, okay? So, do not fear any of those things which you are about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you in prison that you may be tested and you will have tribulation 10 days. Be careful until death and I will give you the crown of life. He who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He who overcomes shall not be hurt by the second death. Now, there are uh, believers, we're going to hit some things, and, and we, we don't face persecution in America like they did back then in Smyrna, but uh, there are people in different parts of the world that are facing similar kinds of persecution. 
And these broadcasts, the, the, these um, Facebook messages go to people in, all over the world. We have people that tune in from different parts of the world. And so you never know who, who um, will get a hold of this message. But um, Smyrna, they, they had martyrs. Okay, we're going to talk about that kind of stuff. But in the end, it's still good news because we win. Thank you, Lord. Okay, so Smyrna, a little, back, little bit of background. They were 35 miles up the coast from uh, Ephesus. Now, Ephesus was known as the gateway to Asia. It was the, the known as the best city in the province. It's kind of like New York. It's like the New York, you know, but, but different than it was like a, it was a seaport city, Ephesus, okay. And so, um, F, and so Smyrna was known as the second best. So Ephesus was known as the gateway to Asia. Smyrna was the ornament of Asia. It was a beautiful, beautiful city. And, and to the angel of the church in Smyrna write, these things says the first and the last who was dead and came to life. Okay, first question we'll tackle, which we all already covered, and which is the same in all these letters. Who is the angel of the church? Anybody remember? It's not Jesus. Okay, hold on. The pastor, the angels of the, of the church are the pastors. Okay, so who was the angel at Smyrna? And this is some, somebody we're going to talk about later. His name was Polycarp. He lived from 69 to 155. Okay, A.D. And um, he was trained and ordained by the Apostle John. And he was about 26 years old when he received this letter from Jesus. Because remember, the letters were delivered to the, to the angel of the church or the pastors of the church. Okay. But it was, wasn't just for the pastor. It was for the whole church. Okay. So he received a letter when he was 26. 60 years later, he was burned at the stake. Well, pastor, how is that good news? I, get, I said, we, say everybody say, we win. Okay. And um, so these believers, some of these believers had to make a decision. And, uh, and they were given opportunity to renounce Christ and save their life. As was Polycarp, but he was, it was a really wonderful testimony. And again, he never felt death. <laughs> because he went on to be, be with Jesus. Okay, so... What's the meaning of the name Smyrna? Okay. All right. So it means myrrh, M-Y-R-R-H, which is also a name of uh, a spice we associate with death. Myrrh was one of the spices used to prepare Christ's body for burial, John 1939. And myrrh mixed with wine was the last thing Jesus tasted before he died on the cross. So the connection with the spice of death 
is interesting here because the letter to this uh, church is about death. It's the shortest of the seven letters, but death is mentioned three times in four verses. Now, the bad news is that some of the saints were going to be put to death, but the good news is Jesus had been there, done that, and lived to tell the tale. He was resurrected. Everybody say resurrected. Okay, so Jesus said, I'm the first and the last. Who is the first and the last? I haven't given you an answer yet. Amen. You know, okay, so three times in the Old Testament, God describes himself as the first and the last. Isaiah 41.4, Isaiah 44.6, Isaiah 48.12. In the New Testament, Jesus does the same thing. Revelation 1.8, Revelation 2.8, Revelation 22.13. Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Okay, so, and this inspires people. It's an inspiration to people who are approaching the end of their life. He is the Alpha and the Omega. Praise God. So, who was the dead that have come to life? Well, uh, Dionysus, no, Dion, no, not Dionysus. He was one of the, these Greek gods, all right? Now, according to religious myth, everybody say myth. Um, and, and, they, and this, was, this religious myth was acted out on these stages of these plays that they would do. And so, according to this myth, this god, Dionysus, Dionysus was killed and brought back to life by his father, Zeus. Okay. He's not the one that was, that was dead and came back to life. So when Jesus introduces himself to this church as the, the one who died and resurrected, he's saying, I'm the reality that you, you guys are, are, are displaying in these plays. This, this myth here, I'm the reality. What you're doing is pretend. What you're doing is, is made up and untrue. I'm the truth. All right? Now, what else died and came to life? Now, again, Jesus gave, gives us things that we can relate to. This, this city of Smyrna was destroyed at one time, many, many years ago, and it was rebuilt better than ever. So the one who died and came to life, he, see, he's showing his knowledge of the local situation by making a direct and obvious connection with their past. He said, I am the one who was dead and came to life. Okay, so what's the significance of the introduction to this church, the saints in Smyrna? Okay, now, what they're facing is they were being persecuted 
and some of them were about to be killed for their faith. Now, th this would have been a frightening prospect. But the one who was dead and came to life is writing to encourage them with the fact of his resurrection. He's saying, death may bury you, but I'm death's foe. I've conquered the grave, and I'll raise you up. Revelation 2.9, I know your works, tribulation, and poverty, but you are rich. I know your works, your tribulation. What uh, is tribulation? Tribulation means trouble or pressure in the sense of being oppressed or crushed. They were being pushed around and bullied and abused, this church. So what kind of tribulation did they experience? They were affected with two kinds of trouble, extreme poverty and slander. Okay. So just like John on Patmos, he was banished over there on that, on that island. Just like John, they were suffering because of their faith in Jesus. So who or what was the cause of this trouble? Religious Jews. And they brought trouble to the apostles uh, because, and, and, and saints because they stirred up trouble. They turned them, they, they, they talked about them to the Romans. And uh, they, would, they would, like, lie on them, okay, and saying, well, they, you know, they don't, you, you know, they're being disruptive, they're not obeying the laws, and all those kinds of things. So they were doing, doing things to stir up trouble. Why were they, uh, why were they impoverished? They had been mistreated and plundered. This city, Smyrna, was a prosperous city. Well, he said, you are poor, but yet you're rich. So in a city of, uh, that was rich, why were they poor? Well, because of religious persecution. They, they may, their property may have been seized. They may have been shut out, shut out of jobs. Uh, maybe their, their homes have been uh, pillaged. They were the poorest Christians in Asia. But yet, even though they had no money, God called them rich. James 2.5 says, Listen, my beloved brethren, has, God, has not God chosen those who are poor in the world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom which he promised to those who love him? That doesn't mean, I'm not saying, well, pastor, you talking about it's the will of God for us to be poor and stay poor. No. Uh, Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Gospel is good news. There's only one message that's good news to a poor person. You ain't got to be poor no more. And you are rich on the cross. Thank you, Jesus. For you know the grace of, the, of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. Okay? So, the gospel is good news. 
And, and then he's not saying anything against, he's not speaking against the rich that, is, that um, God is against rich people. It's just sometimes rich people have a hard time receiving what the Lord wants to give them. Not so with the poor. <laughs> with empty hands, they're more than ready to receive what the Lord provides. So how do the poor become rich? Glad you asked that question. By being adopted into the family of God. See, we are joint heirs with Jesus. He who is a joint heir with, that's Romans 8, 17. And he who is a joint heir with Jesus is an heir of all things. Write down Revelation 21, 7. The church of Smyrna, although they had nothing in the natural they had Jesus, and Jesus has everything. The scripture says all things are yours. He who did not spare his own son but delivered him up for us all, how will he not with him freely give us all things? Thank you, Jesus. You are I know your works, your tribulation, poverty, but you are rich. And he talks about those who are Jews that are not Jews. Okay, you look at verse 9 again, the last part of that verse. I know that your works, tribulation, and poverty, but you are rich, and I know the blasphemy of those who say they are Jews and are not. Okay. You know, we, you, did you know, anybody believe in Jesus? <laughs> you are a Jew. You are a Jew. And so let me give you, we, we don't have time to go, go there today, but um, jot down these scriptures in Romans 2, 28 and 29. You've been circumcised in your heart, and that makes you a Jew. Regardless of your race. And uh, Romans 9, 6 says, they are not all Israel who are descended from Israel. See? So the true Jews are the ones who believe in Jesus. Okay. They're still natural Jews. Don't misunderstand me. I'm talking about we are spiritual Jews. The Jews that count are the ones that have been circumcised in our heart. And what, what, what does that mean? That means the new birth. You've been born again. All right? So when they rejected faith in Jesus that came down from, from Abraham, because the, the Scripture says, Abraham rejoiced to see my day. He told, man, those religious people didn't know what Jesus was talking about. He's like, man, they rejoice to see my day. He's talking about Abraham saw my day. They said, you're not 50 years old. What are you talking about? Have you seen Abraham? He said, before Abraham was. I am. I told you, he's the alpha. I didn't tell you, he told you. I'm the alpha and omega. See, they didn't understand that. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
So, now this doesn't mean that God hates the Jews. No, he loves the Jews. And so does John who wrote these letters. Jesus is not. Um, now, what he's dealing with here in this verse, there are these religious fanatics who torture and kill in the name of religion. All right? Uh, think of the Pharisees who um, wanted Jesus, Jesus to be crucified. There's the Sanhedrin who flogged the apostles and stoned Stephen. These are religious people. These weren't people in the world. These were religious people. And the Jews that, you know, they got together with the chief priests and, and elders to send Jesus uh, uh, to, or excuse me, to, to, to kill Paul. These extremists, they were, they were religious terrorists. They, they, they were the Al-Qaeda of the day. See, those are people you got to look out for, religious people. They're the ones that gave Jesus all the trouble. Think about the people that persecute you for the things you believe. They're basically, most of the time, they're religious folk. Now the Bible don't say that. The Bible said, you know, and then they start spewing out religion, all right? Praise God. Okay, so the Jews that are not Jews. Who is, this is pretty deep, who, is, who are the synagogue of Satan? They are religious Jews who embrace a satanic agenda of violence and murder. Jesus told those religious people of his day, he said, you are of your father the devil. All right, so why, why do you bring Satan into this? It's because our weapons, Ephesians 6.12 says, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. The, the religious Jews were on the wrong side of Jesus, but they were not the enemy. The true enemy is the, enemy, is, is the devil. Now, listen to this. When we're mistreated, the temptation is, anybody ever gone through anything? Anybody ever gone through some persecution? All right? When you're going through it, uh, 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 when some people are coming against you, the temptation is to take up arms against your oppressors. Instead of loving and praying for them, we're inclined to hit back. But that perpetuates a cycle of violence. Jesus interrupts this destructive cycle by exposing our true enemy, which is the devil. And he doesn't do this to elevate the devil, but save you from becoming his tool. So in, in these letters from Jesus, you're gonna, we're going to encounter some, some wicked people. But Jesus wants us to see past those people to the satanic origin of the attacks. So it's not the, in, in their case, it wasn't the Jewish synagogue that was crushing them, but the synagogue of Satan. 
Y'all getting this? And that synagogue still exists today. And so there was uh, blasphemy. He said, I know the blasphemy of those who say they are Jews and are not. Okay, what blasphemy? The saints were slandered by the religious Jews. To, to blaspheme means to slander or falsely accuse. Think about when Paul preached the gospel. The Jews slandered him and his message. Acts 13, 45, Acts 18, 4 through 6. And a similar thing was happening to this church in Smyrna. The Jews were spreading lies about the church. And they were saying stuff like that they were um, opposed to Caesar. So they're trying to get the, the Romans to get on. You know what? They, these, these Christians over here, they don't, they, they're opposed to Caesar. Because the Romans, you know, they weren't religious people. What they did is they, they, threw, they threw the Jews and the Christians all together. They just thought they were all the same. And the Jews were like, no, no, they're not. Because they had certain laws that protected the Jews. And the Christians just fell up under that. And so the Jews would go to the Romans and say, well, you know what, <clears throat> they, they ain't us. You, you know, we honor Caesar. They don't. And see, so they got persecuted because the Romans, you know, because they just, they didn't care nothing about, about Jesus or, or what the Jews believed. They didn't care nothing about that. They protected their turf. And they didn't want no uprising. See, so that's kind of some of the backdrop that what was going on here. And so, they, um, and you can look in, into Acts 17, 6 and 7, Acts 21, 28. It says stuff like, you know, you're, um, they're, they're godless heretics that stir up trouble all over the world. Okay. So you can see what they, what they try to do there when you uh, look into the book of Acts. So what does the Acts have to do? I thought we were talking about Revelation. Well, you can see that he ministered in Ephesus. He spent uh, a few years there. Okay, <clears throat> so y'all hanging in there? <clears throat> Said, do not fear any of those things which you are about uh, to suffer. Okay, so. <clears throat> What were they about to suffer? Imprisonment and death. Now, Jesus, in the Gospels, he warned his disciples that they would be handed over to courts, hauled before officials for the sake of his name. It's the same warning here. Now, they were already, this church was already suffering, but their, their trouble's about to get worse. He said, but, but watch what he said. Do not fear any of those things. <laughs> so how is it possible then not to fear death? Because Jesus conquered the grave. All die, but not all fear death, as was Poly Polycarp, as we'll, we'll see. Death, whoa, 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 whoa. For real, every head, body, every eye closed. Man, I, I, no wonder y'all look, y'all, like, Pastor, 
almost 12 o'clock. 